Hello and welcome to The View from the Ninian. I'm Scott Salter and today we're looking forward to Cardiff City's next two games on Sunday against Chelsea and on Wednesday away to Manchester City. Two really tough games but it's the business end of the season and any points we can pick up are valuable. We're looking forward to the games today with Cardiff City's fan Ben Johnsey and we get the Manchester City view from the Blue Moon podcast. Enjoy. Well, making his return to the View from the Ninian podcast this week is Ben Johnsey. Hi, Ben. How are you? I'm good, thank you. Very good, good. So, obviously, it's been a, a couple of weeks without a game for Cardiff City. In the meantime, the focus for, for many of us fans has been on, on Wales. Two good games for Wales. And what did you make of, of Wales during the international break? Um, I thought they played a, they played very well. Um I missed the original game, the first game, but the game against um, Slovakia, I thought they played very well. Very good football, which we hadn't really seen from Wales before Ryan Giggs had came in. Um, and I like the fact that uh, we seem to have very good talent other than Bale now, with the likes of Brooks coming in um, and Wilson, these top talents which really do look bright for the future of our of our international team yeah definitely and, and one of the things that kept I kept thinking and watching both of the games was was how I wish that that one of those or, or a few Cardiff City players were, were in that Welsh squad because it seems to be a while since we've we've had a Welsh representative in in the capital but um hopefully hopefully we can we can put that right next season and moving forward but turning back to to Cardiff City we're back in action this Sunday against Chelsea and and it's a start of a a horrible double header, isn't it? Yeah, it's one that um, I'm not really looking forward to. I'm slightly worried that if we do go into these two games and get battered, which we've seen earlier on in the season, I hope it don't sort of pull what confidence we do have remaining from the West Ham game. Um, It's slightly frustrating with, as of late, whenever we seem to do well, we always seem to have a really long break just to sort of not be able to capitalise on it. So I'm hoping that somehow we can get a point out maybe the next two games, which would really give the team confidence. Yeah, it's come come at a really bad time, hasn't it? The international break, like you said, really impressive win over, over West Ham uh, before the international break. And, you know, we wanted to take that momentum into, into the next games, but the break, you know, disrupts it a bit. Um, you know, we've had a couple of injuries as well. Obviously, Sol Van was out for the season and now Karen Patterson picked up an injury with Scotland and he's out for the, the rest of the season. So, two really big, big losses there for the rest of the season and you just hope that the others will sort of step up in their absence. Yeah, it's it's something that's really going to affect the team because I feel Bamba in our back line really offers balance to sort of help. He brings the best out of other defenders just as much as he performs at his best majority of the time um I'm, I'm excited to see Manga and Morrison together I feel they performed well together um what we've seen of them but yeah they I, did I'm well against West Ham I thought yeah they looked they were very solid against West Ham which I liked um I think things with Morrison he needs that sort of that centre-back that's got that's willing to stay back and willing to make more of the defend more of the 
solid defence, while Morrison does sort of come out quite often. Yeah, yeah, definitely. But Ben, you know, seven is it seven or eight eight games left? I think. Uh, no, hang on, let me count one, two, three, four. Yeah, eight games left in that run. We've got Chelsea, Man City, obviously the next two games, Liverpool, and then Man United on the last game of the season. Out of those sort of top six teams, are there any that you look at and think that's where we could pick up a point? Uh, if we were going to pick up a point anywhere, it would have to be Chelsea out of the lot of them. Um, I think Liverpool and Man United right now and Man City are obviously just a class above. Chelsea have shown where they've shaken a bit throughout the season. So possibly if we have one of our classic spirited performances, we might be able to bring something out of the game. But I'm doubtful. Um they're ones where we're just almost going to have to sit and hope that those around us maybe don't pick points up during while we face them those teams. But I, I'm not too confident for them. Yeah, well, you know, Burnley are, are the ones that we've got got our eyes on, haven't we? The the uh, one place above us. Two, we got a game in hand, but but that game in hand is against Man City. But you know, in the next two games before we do face Burnley. Burnley at home against Wolves and away to Bournemouth so you know neither of them are, are easy easy games and you know Wolves are a very good team as a Bournemouth so you could see Burnley losing both of those possibly maybe only picking up one point um, which makes that that game on the 13th of April away at Burnley just so important doesn't it? Definitely um, I mean looking at Burnley's run towards the end of the season their next sort of three games is massive they face their next sort of two games, as you said, were Wolves and Bournemouth. Um, I can't remember the third one, but after that, they've got horrible ends of the season. I think they faced three top six sides and then Everton, which yeah, yeah looking at looking the at the, the rest of their fixtures. Obviously, it's on Saturday they're playing Wolves at home, then Bournemouth away, us uh, at home for them. Chelsea away, Man City at home, Everton away and Arsenal at home. Really, they'll be looking at the game against us as that must win, won't they? That's 100%. That's if they don't if they don't come away with three points for them, they're going to be thinking they've got a good chance of going down, which myself I'm very shocked to see Burnley where they are. Um I feel if they do go down they don't really deserve to. They're a very good side, but one that maybe has had a bit of a inconsistent form this season. I remember at one point they won three, four games in a row and they were looking back to almost the team they were last season, but then seemed to fall off the grid a, a bit. But their end of the season is so horrible that potentially we could capitalise on that. Yeah, 100%. I think, I think that I'm right in saying they qualified for the Europa League qualifying last, last season, didn't they? So they had yes. a really early start to the season and you know perhaps they haven't got a, a squad with enough quality or enough depth to deal with you know how long, how early they started and how long the season turned out for them. Um, the next two games, you know, when you're promoted to the Premier League, these are the games that you can you kind of look forward to in a way, don't you? In a way, you think, yeah. God, we're probably going to you know take a beat in, and we have on a few occasions so far. But testing yourselves as a club, as individual players, against you know the likes of Hazards and that for Chelsea and Man City, you know from one to eleven are just full of superstars, aren't they? So 
you know, for the likes of, you know, from Joe Bennett to Etheridge, who, you know, was a free agent not long ago and, you know, has really stepped up this season. These are the games where you look forward and test yourself, isn't it? Definitely. It's ones that, as players, they'd, de- they'd 100% be looking forward to and hoping to do well in. But myself, I've, I'm almost the mentality. I feel that we shouldn't give these players the, not not respect, but the the thought of these are top players as we should treat it as if it's any other game and we should go at them as if they're any other team. The, what I felt sometimes against the top six is we've given them so much respect where we almost back off a bit. We almost don't quite want to go at them just because we don't want to rip take that risk. And a lot of the time it's ended up going against us. Um, especially I remember Ch- Chelsea away. We started off so well, but we almost seemed bewildered that we were one nil up. Yeah. And then we just stepped off Hazard, stepped off Hazard, and he just ran straight through the defense multiple times. So if you if you and Neil were not preparing the team for for these next two games, you know how you would be setting them up to you know go out and try and get ourselves on the front foot as much as possible. Definitely, um, for me, I would almost go the same way we did against Arsenal um, not too long ago, when we probably had our best performance against. Um, a top six side in that I mean we played very well that game almost probably deserved to come out of something at that game um, both games against Arsenal to be fair def- we, yeah, we probably deserved to draw away. both at least but the away the away game was something I hadn't really seen especially of that against that sort of calibre of opposition I feel if we can go at them the way we did there almost scare them a bit because at the end of the day these players won't want to come down to Cardiff and get kicked about and have Callum or not Callum Patterson but Mendes Lang running at them full pace they won't want that so if you really go at them you'll push them back a bit yeah yeah and I think particularly in the Chelsea game you know I think we've all looked at that as the one where we could cause a bit of damage that you know they've had a tough season and and the managers maybe not as popular or or has the team as united as as the other um, top six teams and you know, if they come down here, it's at the Car City stage and the atmosphere will be will be bouncing and maybe we can get under the skin a bit and maybe put the pressure on them. Um Man City it's hard to it's hard to look at anything other than uh yeah. other than a, a than a loss there and you know and Liverpool because they're such good teams and you know they're fighting for the title because of that. Um but like I said, it's a, almost feels almost a case of if we can get a point against Chelsea, get Man City out of the way and then the season will almost be decided in the next two games against Burnley and, and Brighton, won't it? Definitely. Um, 100%. Those those two games are our biggest of the season. Two almost relegation rivals this season. Quite surprising rivals in that way. But two teams that haven't performed to their best level and ones that we have really need to pick points up against. Um, I definitely feel on our best day we can beat both of them. So... Those are the ones I'm looking forward to. Um, as you said, Man City, I just I can't even see. I can't see anything out of that. I can't see a way that we're going to really hit them down. Um, it just that one just seems almost another level. Yeah. Chelsea, uh, once again, Chelsea. I mean, the Chelsea side that we'll be facing will be a different one to that we faced at the start of the season. Start of the season, it was actually quite positive on their end. Um, the manager had actually started all right. They were up there with Man City and Liverpool right at the beginning of the season. Hazard was on fire at the start of the season. So 
it's going to be a different mentality from Chelsea for where they were when we first faced them, which is something that hopefully we'll be able to, as you said, they've had a tough time recently, so we'll be able to take advantage of that. Yeah, and, and looking at, at the fixtures, and you know, we, we've got those four horrible games that, that we all know, but actually we've got four pretty decent games as well, that Burnley and Brighton that we mentioned, but then we travel after Liverpool to Fulham, um, you know, who have had a horrid, yeah. torrid season, so you know, I'd be pretty confident of, of at least a point there, you know, we should be pushing for three points. And then we host Crystal Palace on the 4th of May at the, the last home game of the season. So actually, there's four games there that are all pretty winnable. You know, if we, if we got six or, or seven points from the, those four games, that put us in a pretty good pretty good position, I think, at the end of the season, considering you know the horrible run of games that, that uh, Burnley have. Definitely. I mean, Burnley's last, last games are that bad if if that was us I'd be I'd be signing championship players getting ready for next season already but for us it's it's we've got a decent run um almost it's almost 50 50 it's like top six and then relegation candidate type if you would count Crystal Palace as a relegation candidate side but it's ones we can definitely pick points up from um I mean you look at the formers of late between us and Burnley ours is actually a decent amount better than Burnley's. Burnley's, I think they've lost three games in a row or four games in a row, if I'm correct. It, and going into these next three games being the most important for them. Because with us, while it's the way the teams are set out, the way the games we play, our top six sides are almost a little bit separated. And this podcast, and I think Cardiff fans in general have been looking at, at Burnley as you know the ones to... To catch, but actually Southampton are only uh, only two points ahead, and the, their running looks, you know, a bit better than than the rest of, of the teams. But you know, stranger things have happened, and you know, Southampton are where they are because they have dropped points throughout the season, and you know, they've got Brighton, then Liverpool at home, Wolves at home, Newcastle away, Watford away, um, Bournemouth at home, West Ham away, and then Huddersfield on the last day. So you know, you'd expect them to beat. Huddersfield and uh, maybe maybe Brighton, um, but the other teams, you know, are all good teams. Newcastle have hit a good run of form. West Ham been in decent form, apart from you know the loss to us. Watford had a cracking season. Wolves, Liverpool, so they'll drop points as well. So it's really, I think it is a three a three uh, team race, isn't it? And I think Fulham, Fulham and Huddersfield are out of it, but between the three of us, you know, I think it'll be it'll be tight. It might go. To the last day, hopefully not, with uh, Solskjaer ready to relegate us again. But uh... <laughs> <laughs> definitely, it's um, it's Southampton are still there. They're very much a side where they're just inconsistent. I mean, one game they're sort of a mid the mid table side that they should be. Then the next, the team that you'd think like should be bottom of the table, they just very 50-50 to what or to almost what side decides to show up i mean um i mean they've got wins against um arsenal and they got draws against like top six sides and stuff but then like they lost to us sort of just go on these streaks so it's almost just very 50-50 with them burnley the same to, all three of us are the same in a way. Cardiff are very similar, where they, we either don't look like we belong or we look like we really have a chance. But it, it just really depends on how 
the run of form goes for each side and how their mentality is towards the end of the season. And Ben, finally, before I let you go, I want to get your score predictions. For First of all, uh, Chelsea at home, what are you saying? Uh, Chelsea at home, I'll say... I'll be confident. I'll say 1-1. One, 1-1. One. One, one. I was, I was going to go 1-1 one, one as well, just to be a bit bit optimistic, because uh, yeah. I think the predictions for the Man City uh, one won't go too well. I was on the... Um, the Blue Moon podcast last night, which is a Man City podcast, and I said a 2-1 loss, so Man City to win 2-1, um, although I felt I was being a bit generous there because, as you'll hear later on in the podcast, uh, the guys from the Blue Moon came on our podcast and I think one of them predicted 5-0, one of them 4-0, so, uh, you know, they're not they're confident of a win, but what do you reckon? For that one, I think I might have to agree with the Blue Moon. I think it's going to be a 4-0, that one. It's I don't like to say it, but... It's it's Man City, isn't it? It's 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 one that's almost a write off from the start. They just... Yeah, and there's no shame. There's no shame in losing that, but um as long as we put in a good fight. Well Ben, thank you very much for uh, for joining us. Where can people find you on Twitter? Uh they can find me at Bluebirds United on Twitter. Perfect. Well, thank you very much and uh, enjoy the rest of the season. Thank you. You too. So I think it's a view from the Ninian first this week that that the home fans are being outnumbered by the away fans. And we've got three Manchester City fans joining us now. We've got David, Bob and Kieran from the Blue Moon podcast. Hi, guys. All right. Hello. Hello. So obviously, uh, we're recording this ahead of the weekend's games and, and, and Cardiff and Manchester City meet at the Etihad next week. For you guys, you know, as of recording, you're one point behind Liverpool with a game in hand. How do you rate the season to date? It's a funny one, isn't it? Because um, City are absolutely flying this season, but it still feels like Liverpool are just not letting them go. Um, we've uh, we, we talk on this show quite quite regularly about how the title race is shaping up. In fact, I think that, that's pretty much been the discussion all season. Um, and just, KC, you were saying before, Liverpool just aren't, they're just annoying, aren't they? They're just doing me boxing. They're just <laughs> like... They, they just they, they won't go away and it's really on Liverpool like for them to do so I really hope that they do what they normally do and fall apart but it's just they, they just they, they just seem relentlessly at us this season and I guess for for whoever wins the title for the other team it, it's hard to criticize isn't it you know if Liverpool do win the title but like you said city have been in pretty good form and, and rolled over most sides so it's hard to be critical yeah absolutely uh, I mean the the points total that both teams have currently is is sensational, really. So it's hard to sort of feel too bitter about it in in sort of an objective standpoint. But when you're sort of a football fan and you obviously want your your team to win, it, it's going to be a pretty bitter pill to swallow. I think I, I will be very bitter if City <laughs> don't win this title. But I'm not going to lie to you. But yeah, I mean, huge credit must go to whoever wins it because they've just pushed each other. Um, so much, uh, and they're just so far ahead of everyone else in the league this season. It's, it's yeah, it's one of those. It's quite incredible to be honest. And how do you you guys see the running going? Do, are you back in City? I think you kind of have to, but uh, there's there's a couple of caveats that I always throw in. Just because um, I'm a City fan and I've been worn down by the cynicism of what that does to you for, uh, for you know for from the mid nineties. Um, you just kind of have to look at it and go, City will take it one game at a time. They've got the experience of having won a title in the past. They, you know, they've last season was phenomenal from a City fan point of view. It was watching City and, and going to the Etihad every week. And 
generally the question was how many are City going to score this week? And that's that, that, that they're not really the sorts of seasons you get that often. And City kind of last had one with Kevin Keegan about 15, 20 years ago or so. And it just having that that kind of thought process, it really, when you get a title race like this one, it wakes you up to how nervous you are about this sort of title race. I, I, I think our biggest one of our biggest assets in the running is going to be their fans. Their fans put so, so much pressure on them. Like, it, it just must be, it must be all-encompassing and almost crippling. Like, all this, you know, all this rubbish about, like, it means more and all it's this, that, and the other, and it's a different way. Yeah, it's just like, it, it's not, lads. Like, we get it. It's, you, you, do you know what I mean? We get it. It means a lot to you. It means yeah, a lot it, to yeah, us. It yeah. means a lot. Any team, yeah, their, it, their team means a lot to them. Yeah. And, and, and I think the pressure that's on them must be incredible. I think that'll be our biggest asset. But I think if they beat us to it, you know, you've just got to sort of hold your hands up and say, fair play, they deserved it. Do you know what I mean? And, and at In the a minute, very bitter way. Uh, that's yeah, all yeah. <laughs> at, the, at the minute, you know, you couldn't, you know, you couldn't put a Rizzler between us really at the minute, could you? <laughs> and when what talk about what it's like being a City fan. Obviously, there's a lot of um, comments made left, right, centre about, you know, the money that, that's invested in the club. But, you know, for you guys who I'm sure are, uh, a long-time fans, and you've probably seen City, you know, in the dump, so to speak, you know, in the lower divisions, or, or you know, losing games and stuff like that. So, for the turnaround to see in your club must be incredible. Yeah, I mean, it, it really is for fans of our age group, uh, sort of late twenties, early thirties. We're the we're the luckiest, aren't we? Really? Yeah, because you have you you have the living experience of the extreme lows of like Division Two, and then obviously winning titles and trophies, like really regularly in the last sort of uh sort of eight years or so um so yeah it's it's unbelievable and it's you do sort of wake up some days thinking i just can't believe it because when i was like about 13 14 you just i just never thought we'd ever ever win anything like even the like the the league cup you know it just wasn't never almost i remember i mean winning, winning the championship was massive like yeah that was absolutely huge under keegan but it was it was not just that it was the the years that they got knocked out of the FA Cup quarterfinals, both times under Pierce, Blackburn and West, Blackburn Ham. And West Ham. I, I both of those games, I came away thinking genuinely, this is as good as it gets now. Yeah, you know, I, I, survive I, in the Premier League, hit forty points, survive, I, yeah, and I, I, maybe get a decent cup run to this stage. I even remember the uh, a League Cup quarterfinal under Sven when we played Spurs, and um, and they went down to ten men after fifteen minutes and still absolutely battered us at our place. And I was think, I was thinking then that's this is as good this as is as far as we yeah, get, yeah, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, yeah. So to be able to to sit here now was with I don't know, genuinely off the top of my head, I can't tell you what trophies City have won. I have to sit down and think about it in recent yeah. years. And that... We won the Thomas Cup trophy three times. <laughs> <laughs> that, as a City fan, is just... It's incredible, Scott. I can't I, I can't explain. Like, this is... I mean, without getting too political on, on the show, but this is one of the reasons why um, I was never a big fan of the, the kind of, of... of what financial fair play was trying to stop. I mean, obviously, as a City fan, I would say that because, you know, City have been pumping money into the club. But you look at what other clubs do, and let's say, for instance, Cardiff got the same sort of investment City have got. The financial fair play regulations stop you, you guys as fans, being able to experience what we've been lucky enough to have in the last few years. And I, and I just think that as somebody who who lived and watched their team, you know, losing to Macclesfield and Stockport and York, and you're just kind of thinking, is this it? To yeah. then go on and be winning trophy after trophy, season after season, and seeing the football that we've seen under Guardiola for the last two years. It's just, it's honestly, it's incredible. Yeah, that's really, I've never heard anyone kind of make that point about financial fair play before. And 
Um, I guess it's a good point. And it's about maybe making sure that, that money's spent responsibly or all the people you know coming into the club and doing it are responsible because you know there are the stories of the promised investment and clubs going bust or in real financial difficulties as a result of overspending but like you said the transformation that that you guys have seen as city fans I guess particularly uh, as your neighbours down the road so often were the ones in the limelight you know must be amazing um a lot, of, yeah, a lot of City fans often um, kind of they get offended by the tag of money bags Manchester City, and it's kind of like, well, I I just think you just have to own it because like we are that's that's what we've done for the last 50, last ten years or so, you know, we just spend a lot of money, and it's like you can't really get offended by the uh, fact uh, that uh, that uh, happened. Uh, yeah, I think the point regarding financial fair play is the fact that it's not a debt; it's it, like it's it's actually it's money that's been given. I think the issue yeah. is. You know, financial fair play isn't there to prevent clubs going bust, as we've seen, you know, left, right and centre. The financial fair play is there to protect cartel. It's just we're lucky enough that we scrambled in before the drawbridge closed, which, like you say, it's not it's not fair uh, for potentially other clubs that are ripe there for takeovers. And earlier on in the season, you know, you guys wiped the floor with us 5-0 at the Cardiff City Stadium. And if Neil Warnock's listening to this, which, you know, I hope he does listen every week, how, how do you beat Manchester City? Or how do you even stop Manchester City? Um, it's a tough question because I'm not sure we really know. Uh, the, I think the first thing is you have to, I think you have to defend deep against this team. Um, City's struggled most when they've got a bank of five to get through. And... You know, we've seen it this season with, uh, with with Newcastle, for instance. It's it's let City score early, get us into a false sense of security, yeah, and then don't, and then, <laughs> and then and then smash us when we don't wake up. It's a weird, it's a weird kind of thing of this season that that most of City's games that they've lost, they've gone in front in. Yeah, it's like you just, when you're an underdog, normally you're like, oh, you've scored too early. Whereas like when when we've never been the underdog, but we've scored too early because then we just fall asleep. <laughs> that seems to have been what's happened this season. Yeah, if you get a City in a position where they're sort of lofting the ball into the box from about 30 yards um, that is where you you don't want to be that's what happened against Crystal Palace the amount of chips into the box in the second half it was just getting headed out every single time uh, so if you can get sitting in that position I think there's a good chance because it will just the, the crowd will feel really frustrated um, and that will sort of permeate on the pitch as well I think yeah, but at the same time, it didn't feel like that against West Ham, even though, you know, that was a tight game. It I always thought felt... it did. Ah, I thought see, it I did. Didn't. I was on edge that game. I was stood right next Maybe I'd had a couple more pints than you, but like, <laughs> I stood next to you. See, I, I thought I was all right. I thought we were definitely going to win this. And am, I, am I right in saying that this is your game in hand on Liverpool? Uh, it is, yeah. So, um, if I mean, if you don't want the points, uh, we'll, we're very happy <laughs> to take them. Oh, we, we need them. We need them. But I guess the hope from a Cardiff point of view is, um, and I, I doubt this is the would ever be the case in the Guardiola, but perhaps, you know, the fans or the players are, are thinking ahead, you know, thinking about catching Liverpool and maybe let their guards down against Cardiff. But, but I, like I said, can't see it happening too much and Guardiola's a, a bit of a perfectionist, isn't he? So I can't imagine that happening. I think the the, the shame for you guys on that front is uh, it, it won't happen because there's been so many opportunities where we've uh, we, we've sat in or listened to Guardiola speak in press conferences and, and you know, journalists have asked him about a game that's on the horizon, like it might be Liverpool the week after that that, that they've got a, a game against a mid-table team, and he will he will not even 
consider dropping any of his star players for the mid, for the for the game beforehand because he just looks at it next game at the time. You, you know, most managers, you think next game at a time, we take it one game at a time is just a saying. But for Guardiola, it's very much what he does. He just looks, it seems like he, he just only knows what the next fixture is and that's what he's got to play. And, and last year, you guys came to the Cardiff City stage. I mean, the FA Cup, it was a 2-0 win uh, for Man City. But the big focus was, especially after the game on social media, that Joe Bennett tackle on, on Lido Sane. Bennett's likely to start at, at left-back for Cardiff. Is he going to get a bad reception, do you think, at, at the Etihad? Or, or will it kind of water under the bridge now? I, I think it'd be water under the bridge now. Um, but what I would say is that I would, I would find it highly unlikely that Sane plays because of not just that tackle, but also he got a really bad one um, the on, international, day, duty, on, on international duty. So I, I can't see him playing against you guys. I would, I'd expect him to play against Fulham and maybe not play against you guys. I initially thought that's great news, but it probably just means Sterling or Mares, <laughs> isn't it? So. But well, guys, finally, uh, from each of you, how do you see the game going? What's your score predictions? Um, I, I've not given a prediction on our show uh, for this one because I'm rubbish at them. So I, I, I think I, I can see City, I can see Cardiff giving City a hard time actually for for a good spell in the game, but City just having too much towards the end. I'm going to I'm going to say a three-one City win. I'm uh, I, I'm going five five nil, and uh, uh, obviously to 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 Man City, not Cardiff. <laughs> Slightly more modest, uh, go for a four nil to City. It feels awful being on somebody oh, else in, in somebody yeah. else's home I feel doing so this. Awful yeah. and arrogant <laughs> saying that. We're not letting you guys back on again. <laughs> <laughs> Perfect, guys. Thank you very much for uh, for joining us, and um, hope you enjoy the game on on next week. Not too much, hopefully, but um, best luck for the rest of the season. Cheers, you too. Thanks. Thank you for listening to View from the Ninian. We're for fans, by fans. You can catch more like this at viewfromtheninian.com. We're also on Facebook and Twitter, so make sure you check us out. Come on, city.